Thank you. Those of you who are watching at home, please, everyone, notice I don't have a screen up. We're not going to have any slides on. I want Wednesday nights to be kind of the old-fashioned, bring your Bible and follow along. And I want you at home to have your Bible open and follow along. We are covering about 12 chapters in, in one half-hour period. In the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua, in Joshua chapter 11, don't go there. In Joshua chapter 11, God defeats a five-king northern alliance where everybody gangs up on Joshua and God just, he does it himself. God is a great king and leader and he, he, is, he is defeating the, the enemies as we go along. In chapter 12, don't turn there. In chapter 12, all the way to chapter 21, we have just a whole bunch of fightings, skirmishes, battles. In that period of time, uh, in that period of time, there's, there's the mention of the giants, the Anakims, uh, and there's a mention in there and how they were all forced out of Israel and now they're hiding in the Philistine area. And we'll see them later with David and in, in the giant, the, fair, the Philistine. So uh, we, want to, we want to understand that all, we're skipping through some chapters, but if you were to watch it, if you were to read it at home, you would see that Joshua defeated them at this place, them at this place, them at this place. There is one interesting uh, thing I wanted to show you for some of you who are the scholars. I'd like for you to, to I'd like for all of you at home too, to turn to chapter 14, Joshua chapter 14. Let's start reading in verse 5. As the Lord commanded Moses, chapter 14, verse 5, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. Now, the, what they did is they took the whole land of, of, of Israel, Canaan, and they cut it up into squares, and they divided it up among the people. Now, with that with that said, then they drew lots. Whoever drew number one got number one lot, or two, number two, three. And that's how they divided it up as well. So, but, I, sorry to embarrass you, Mandy, with an eye, but this is about her favorite person, or one of her favorite people. Who's her, does anyone remember who her favorite person in the Old Testament is? Caleb. She said that one time in church, and I never forgot it. And I want you, I want you to see, uh, we see something about Caleb and about how long this whole period, the conquest period was. So, as the Lord commanded Moses, verse 5, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal. That was their home capital. And Caleb, the son of Jephthah, blah, blah, the Kenizzite said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, to Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee at Kadesh Barnea. Stopping right there, Bible scholars, 
Kadesh Barnea, that is where they, Moses sent out the 12 spies. And Joshua and Caleb were, were a pair. They were partners. And they went up into Israel and they spied out the land. And there were 10 other spies. And they all came back and said, can't be done. Let's turn around. We can't go in there. There are, there are giants in the land. There are walled cities in the land. Ten of the twelve didn't have any faith, the faith to follow God into the promised land. But Joshua and Caleb said, what are you talking about? God has led us this far. He's going to lead us lead us." to victory in the promised land. And we saw, we saw so many wonderful things there. Let's go. Come on. And the ten outvoted the two. So all the way through this, we've, we've wondered. Remember now, when they, sent out, when they sent out the spies to spy out the land in Moses' day at Kadesh Barnea, He was 40 years old. What? Watch this. When I say he, I mean Caleb was 40 years old. Verse 7, 40 years old was I, this is Caleb speaking, when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again, as it were, was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren, that went up with me, made the heart of the people melt. They caught the other ten scared them. But I followed the Lord my God. And I want to write in there in my Bible, no matter what. We have challenges ahead of us. We, we have things in our lives personal. We have things, laws and rules that we have to obey. We have... COVID-19 things happening. We have people dying. We have people hurting. We have so many things. Don't give up. Follow the Lord no matter what. He says, I followed the Lord, my God. And Mo Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land wherein thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because... Thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, even since the Lord spoke this unto me. The very last line, he's 85 years old. That means he had 40 years in the desert. Now they've come out of the desert. They've crossed into the promised land with Joshua as the leader. So how long? If, if, if he was 80 years old, and now all of a sudden he's 85 years old, how many years did they spend defeating all the enemy in Israel, the promised land? 85 minus 80. It was a five to six year war. All of these skirmishes and fights and battle at Jericho and AI and all those things that we could see. And I can paraphrase it all, what we're skipping to. 
I can paraphrase it by saying this. God told them what to do, and they did it, and they had complete victory. All the way up to chapter 22. Chapter 22, wow. If you'll read with me in chapter 22, Joshua 22, starting in verse 1, we have the dismissal of the army and the return to Jabesh Gilead, one of my favorite stories, and you're probably sick of it. Jabesh Gilead, when Joshua was crossing over Jordan, to defeat battle, the battle of Jericho, the first battle, when he entered into the land, there were two and a half tribes that said, whoa, we want to stay here. Is that okay? We like it here on this side of the Jordan. And Joshua said, if your men will come and fight with us when the battle is over, battles are over, when everybody has their, their counties, I always call them counties, then you can go back home. And they said, deal. So they left their wives and children back at Jabesh Gilead, which we hear about it again, if you remember, with King Saul. But uh, he's going to turn them loose now to go back. Haven't seen their wives or their children for five years. Watch this. We are chapter 22, starting in verse 1. Then Joshua called the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Half of them came over, half of them didn't. And said unto them, Ye have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. And you have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. You have not left your brethren these many days until this day but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brethren as he promised them. Therefore now return and get you into your own tents and unto the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of Jordan. But take diligent heed to do the commandment of the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to cleave unto God, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Other verses, all your mind. So he gave them Final marching orders. The first part of that is in verse 5, he said, take heed, heed to the commandments. Listen to what the commandments were. Two, love the Lord your God with all your heart, body, soul, and mind. Three, walk in all his ways. Keep his commandments. Cleave to him and serve him with all your heart and soul. So he had given them marching orders. Now we want to skip ahead to verse 10. Joshua 22, verse 10. They built 
an altar. Actually, it was more than an altar. It was a memorial. It was a type of statue. Watch. Watch. Verse 10. And when they came unto the borders of Jordan, now remember the land, it, most of it is on, most of it is to the west. Jabesh Gilead is on the east. And uh, the Jordan River flows down the middle. And it's kind of like a border. Now when Moses crossed over, he went on dry ground. When Joshua crossed over, he went on dry ground across the Jordan with all of the armies. So now they're coming back. They've come up to the Jordan River. There's thousands of them. Way back when, I gave you the number, but I, uh, I've forgotten it right now. But there were like 30,000 of the men that were, they've come up on the Jordan. And they're pretty smart. And I want to encourage you to think about this, even in your own lives, but so that they will not ever forget God, Jehovah. They won't forget that they're of the Jewish nation, so that they won't forget they're going to build a stone altar, so that when they see it, even they and their children will be reminded who it is they serve. Look at verse 10 again. And when they came into the borders of Jordan that are in the land of Canaan, the children of Reuben and children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh built there an altar by Jordan. It was a great altar to see. And the children of Israel heard say, Behold, the children of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh have built an altar over against the land of Canaan in the borders of Jordan at the passage of the children of Israel. So, Israel, somebody's been out hunting, and what's this? They come across this stone type of memorial, and they misunderstand, and they report back to Joshua. Watch. Verse 12. And when the children of Israel heard of it, the whole congregation of the children of Israel gathered themselves together at Shiloh to go to war against them. A terrible misunderstanding. Sometimes the very things we the very things we do for good are misunderstood for bad. Jumping to the wrong conclusions have ended many a church, many a family, many a friend. Evil surmisings, opinionated judgmental attitudes, and Second-hand information. Oh, I have been bit so, I, I don't want to say so many times, but several times in the ministry where doing something that I, doing something for good was misunderstood and people would be mad at me and stay mad at me if they would have just come to me and asked, is this what happened? Oh, doesn't happen though. 
jumping to the wrong conclusions, evil surmising, opinionated judgmental attitudes, and even secondhand info. You know that trick where you start a secret on this side, by the time you get over here, it's a complete different secret? Because everybody gives their own twist to a piece of gossip. Please be careful. This is a terrible story. Skip to verse 15. And they came to the children of Reuben, children of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh, to the land of Gilead. And they spoke with them, saying, Thus says the whole congregation of the Lord, What trespass is this you have, that you have committed against the God of Israel to turn away this day from following the Lord in that you have built an altar that you might rebel this day against the Lord. Complete misunderstanding. Jumping to conclusions, evil surmisings. You ought to see what those folks had done or what they said. Skip to verse 21. Then the children of Reuben, children of Gad, half the tribe of Manasseh, answered and said unto the heads of the thousands of Israel, The Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, he knows, and Israel shall know, if it be in rebellion, if it be a transgression against the Lord. Save us not this day, that we have built an altar to turn from following the Lord, or if it offer thereon burnt offerings or meat offerings or offer peace offerings thereon, let the Lord himself require it. Now, having said that, that means we throw ourselves on God's mercy. If that's what we've done, kill us. But that's not what we did. And if, if we have not rather done it for the fear of this thing, saying, in time to come, your children might speak unto our children, saying, What have you to do with the Lord God of Israel? For the Lord hath made Jordan a border between us and you. Ye children of Reuben and Gad, ye, you have no part in the Lord. So shall your children make our children cease from fearing the Lord. Therefore we said, let us now prepare to build us an altar, not for burnt offerings or sacrifices, but that it would be a witness between us and you and our generations after us, that we might do the service of the Lord before him and with our burnt offerings and with our sacrifices and with our peace offerings, that your children may not say to our children in time to come, you have no part in the Lord. Therefore, we build it. That's why we build it. And by the way, I have a picture somewhere, a, a picture somewhere of uh, me baptizing. It might be in my office. And we, uh, I was baptizing people and I asked, is this all the wide it is? Because you could probably throw a, a stone across a river from this wall to the far wall. And our tour guide said, no, in the flood season, it's a half mile wide. 
in the flood season. So I wanted to get out of there before the flood season came. <laughs> but sometimes it, it all but dries up. And other times it's, it's super, super wide, half mile wide. And uh, what's, that, what's that verse or saying about throw your seed? What they would do in the flood season, they would cast their seed into the wind and onto the flood. And then when the waters receded, the seeds were planted and fertilized in the mud. That's what they did every year. Now, having said that, verse 28, Therefore said we that it shall be when they should say to us, to our generations in time to come, that we may say again, Behold, the pattern of the altar of the Lord, which our fathers made, it's not for burning offerings or sacrifices. It is a witness between us and you. God forbid that we should rebel against the Lord and turn this day from following the Lord. Most of you know the story of Jabesh Gilead. A very long time later, they were attacked. They were attacked, they were completely surrounded by an enemy, and they, they had cut themselves off from Israel. And when you are cut off from the church, you're more susceptible to surrendering to the world. They were ready to surrender to the enemy. The enemy said, okay, give us your eyes, give us your, your hands, give, and you'll be our slaves. And they were ready to give in to that, except that Saul, his first battle, when we get into those passages of Scripture again, uh, we'll see that that was his first victory. He came to rescue Jabesh Gilead. I have just a few moments here. I want to say some very powerful words. Listen. Always... Hear me out. Those are very famous words. When husbands and wives have disagreements, or how about children and parents have disagreements? I learned this at a very young age for, you know, we didn't talk back to our dad. We didn't interrupt him when he was proclaiming judgment. If he would have, I'd have gotten a few less Spankings, let's call them. Here's what I want to say to you, and sometimes in counsel, it's the first time somebody, I make, the, I make the one listen completely to the other before they interrupt. There are some people that just, as soon as you go against them, they know you've wronged them, and you interrupt them, and you haven't heard the whole story. Listen, always Hear them out. With our children raising up two teenagers, two years apart, uh, I got, I developed a good habit, I think. I would say, okay, I want to hear what you have to say. But I kept a notepad ready. So that when I, when I would have interrupted, I wrote it down. So when it was my turn, they didn't interrupt. Do you get that? So many things. Poor communication, oh, so powerful, so hard 
on relationships. These Jabesh people, they were about to be annihilated by the very people they loved and that, that, they, had, that they had fought with. Amazing. Everybody in your world, in your life, should have the opportunity to be heard completely through. But then you should have the opportunity to respond back. They had this idea that, uh, they were going, that their children were going to be yelling across the river at each other, throwing rocks at each other, maybe shooting arrows at each other. Unless they did this, this statue type, this memorial, until they did that, and that was their idea. And it honestly worked out well for a generation or two. 1 Corinthians 13, 6. Love rejoices not in iniquity, rejoices in the truth. But to have the truth, you've got to listen to people. You've got to hear their side of it. Verse 7, love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. This kind of love never fails. Always hear us out, hear them out. Two, marriages are under assault. The common thought is, Aren't I entitled to be happy? I've had this said to me twice in my ministry where a couple that I married, in one case, split up. And I called them to call them on and try to get them into the office. And the, the answer I got from them was, aren't I entitled to be happy? No. No, you're not entitled to be happy. That's a lie of the devil. That's not true. However, instead of splitting up, instead of that entitlement to happiness, when they say, well, I'm not happy now, love, love forgives all, love forbears all, love tolerates all. This person says, so I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave him, and I'm going to try again. Well, they tried again, and that didn't work either. Instead of leaving, and I don't even speak to you necessarily, we have very strong marriages here. Take this outward to your family and friends. Instead of splitting up, instead of, instead of leaving, fix it, help it, change it, but don't quit. Do you get that? Vows are taken before God and to each other. And I think of, I, I just think of this as uh, part of this story. Because people don't listen to each other. They interrupt each other before the other one gets their point across. I had this thought, we build altars too. And sometimes those altars are misunderstood some altars are good, some altars are bad, but we all have a tendency to build altars to be careful. Just in review, because I have a few more moments, 
Joshua's marching orders to Jabesh Gilead, take heed to the commandments. Don't make up your own. Trust the Lord no matter what. If you're going to leave me and cross that river Jordan and be separated from everyone else, obey the Lord. Love the Lord with all your, your heart. Love the Lord your God. Walk in His ways, not your own ways. His ways. And His ways are not always the easiest. Often they're the narrowest. But the most rewards come from obeying the Lord and walking, walking in His ways. Keep and obey His commandments. Cleave to Him. Serve him with all your heart and soul. This is the Wednesday night congregation. You are generally those in our church that love the Lord. You're the leaders. There's leaders out in the field right now maybe. But you're generally uh, the ones that are serving. You have to admit that when you've got a purpose, it's easier to love the Lord. When you've, got, when you've got purpose to serve him and to love him. My goodness, serve him with all your heart. Allow Jesus to lead you. And God forbid that we should rebel against the Lord. Let's go to the Lord Jesus now. Lord Jesus Christ, oh Lord, we love you. Help us to love you more. Help us, dear Lord, to serve you, to find ways to serve you, to find purpose in pleasing you. Lord, I pray for these and their families. I pray for your protection, Lord, upon them. And even, Lord, for the health issues that are out there. And Lord, we pray that you will protect our, our children, our families. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Thank you, Lord, that we're able to meet. Again, thank you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.